Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, and our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. If someone told you that Shakespeare was really a woman named Elizabeth Ely Trentham, how would you react? Well, that's the premise of our book, Lady of the Play, by author and our guest, Dina Lindstedt. Dina has done some extensive research on the subject, and I want to know more. Dina, welcome to the author's show. Thank you very much. Dina, will you please give us a quick overview of Lady of the Play? Well, Lady of the Play, my little short synopsis is she was the other Shakespeare. She was a maid of honor for Queen Elizabeth for 10 years and then married Edward de Vere, the 17th Earl of Oxford. And he is the leading candidate or has been for the last 100 years for the authorship question. There's a lot of evidence that William Shakespeare was not the true author, that it had to have been Edward de Vere. And my contention is that it was also his wife, Elizabeth Trentham. Very interesting, and I imagine very controversial. So it appears that your interest in Elizabeth began with a college paper you wrote. Had you always been interested in Elizabeth prior to writing your paper, and was that the genesis for your book? No, actually, I became interested in the authorship question, like so many people that had never, ever heard that there was any question that William Shakespeare wasn't the true author. So I kind of went into my senior class with that notion as well. And our professor put together a debate team. One half was debating William Shakespeare and the other Edward de Vere. And I was on the de Vere side, which required a lot of research on my part. And it was during that research and reading plays and so forth that I realized, you know, there's something really weird about these plays. Why are there such strong female roles, you know, like Kate in Taming of the Shrew and Portia in Merchant of Venice? And so many of these women, especially in the comedies, the woman is so strong and so independent and very intelligent. And women of that century, of that era, were not. They weren't allowed to attend school. They were treated very subservient to the men and a second-class citizen, really. And I thought, well, why on earth are these plays have such strong female leads in them? <laughs> and so that's kind of was my question. And then when I mentioned this to my professor, I had to write a senior paper to graduate. I have a degree in English lit and writing. And she discouraged me. She said, Dina, you'll never, ever find that much information about a female in the 16th century. There's just not that much information about women, especially women writers. And I said, well, at least let me write about the theory. It could be a woman. And she said, well, go ahead and do that. So that's what I did. <laughs> that's really interesting, Dina. But was all that research what caused you to write your book? Well, yes, it was. It led right into it. And I became convinced that it was Elizabeth Trentham. And that started me to read the books about Edward de Vere, because that's the only way I could find information out about her at that time. Your book is listed as historical fiction. So how much is fact and how much is fiction? Well, as much facts that I learned and the timeline and a lot of the information is about Queen Elizabeth and Edward de Vere, of course. And so there's a lot of information out about them. So my book includes the timeline of what occurred 
during the lifetime of Elizabeth Trantum and the fact that she was with Queen Elizabeth for 10 years. So I get into a lot of interesting things about the lifestyle of women in her court and why they were in her court and what they wanted. And mainly it was a man. And so that was really interesting to me to just learn the history of the era and the food they ate and, you know, the way they dressed, especially. And I found all that very interesting. So all of that is in the book, too. Well, how long have you been researching this mystery? Oh, my goodness. A long time, at least 10 years. I even took a trip to England to her hometown of Roster, which is in Stratfordshire. And when I looked at that little village, ancient village, dates back to before the Romans. And I thought, what a perfect atmosphere for Midsummer Night's Dream, because I could think about the fairies flying around and and so forth. So I kind of thought, well, if it is Elizabeth Trenum, I bet she got her inspiration for Midsummer Night's Dream here. I believe that in your book, you have a woman named Cynthia Parsons, and she's the one that's doing the research, and she's in current day. So is she a reflection of you in any way? She is. She actually, the research that she does in the novel is the exact same research I did myself. And so I became very convinced that I had stumbled on the fact that Elizabeth Trenum, I was positive she was the inspiration for many of the characters in the Shakespeare plays and that her hand, and she was very intelligent, highly educated, and she was very independent. She was pretty and she refused to get married which reminds you of Kate and Taming of the Shrew. And so much about her just paralleled the play so much that I thought, oh, it's got to be her. <laughs> <laughs> what type of reader do you think would be most interested in reading Lady of the Play? Well, I think in, for the general population, actually, it can, because whether you're a Shakespeare fan or not, I think it's a good read, and it's a good story, and it's a, a mystery in a way, because I am solving a 400-year-old mystery. But I think anybody in high school, it does have a feminist nature to it, because I am sticking, you know, for the fairness of, of being a woman. I suspect it would probably appeal to women more than men, but there are a lot of men that are interested too, I would hope. If you were to compare Lady of the Play with any other, what would that other book be? Well, I remember the reason I wrote it in parallel stories, contemporary and historic, is because of the movie Possessions. It's the Blatt, the author was B-L-A-T-T, and they made a movie of it too. They went from a contemporary setting to a historical setting. So that kind of inspired me to write it in that same style. I believe that Lady of the Play received a Firebird Award. Will you tell us a little bit about that? And that's interesting. I had met another author that had won an award with Firebird and was kind of interested in it. And then, lo and behold, I got an email and wanting to know if I would submit Lady of the Play to their contest. That's what I did. And it's an international contest. And so I was very pleased that I had one for a historical fiction. I have had pretty good reviews too, I think. Dina, when did you first realize that you wanted to be an author? I think I've wanted to write. I've been an avid reader for as long as I can remember. And I always felt like, boy, I would sure like to be able to be a novelist. I've had that ambition all my life, but being very practical and having to help support my family and educate (laughs) my sons, I ended up in the insurance industry, but I did take early retirement. 
in my early 60s with the notion that I'm finally going to try to do my hand at writing. So I really took a lot of classes and studied it and studied it. Finally, I said, you know, I think what I really need is to go back to school and get a good education. So that's what I did. Well, good for you. So I think that you have also written another novel prior to Lady of the Play, and it was the first of a series. Will you be coming out with the second book in that series anytime soon? Well, I hope so. I'm involved in writing it right now. I think I have about 30,000 words written so far. It's also a mystery. That's my first love. I love cozy mysteries, and I love the series. And so I decided that Deception Cove, which is the first book, decided that would make a real leadoff for my protagonist, who's Meredith Maxwell. And so I've titled the series Meredith Maxwell Mysteries. And I'm a big fan of Agatha Christie, too. You know, So that's kind of what I enjoyed. Actually, Lady of the Play, in a lot of ways, is a mystery. It's not cozy, but it's still a mystery that I try to solve. When you're thinking about writing a book, what comes first, characters or the plot? Oh, boy, the plot comes last. <laughs> you know, what I, what I do is I write the last chapter first. I know how I want it to end. And in Deception Cove, I knew exactly how I wanted it to end because I lived at the Oregon coast. And one day I was taking a walk on the beach and I, we have a lot of sea stacks and, you know, haystack rock and so forth right off the coast. And I was looking, I wonder what it would be like to be trapped on one of those things with the tide coming in. How in the world would you get off? And so I thought maybe that would make a great ending for my novel. So that's how I ended it. Oh my gosh, what a unique way. So is there any other author that you think may have had an influence on your writing? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Of course, Agatha Christie was a big one, but I really enjoyed years ago reading Victoria Holt. She kind of wrote a gothic in a way, but they were mysteries as well. I love to solve puzzles. So I, maybe that's where my inspiration comes from. But I like to be sneaky about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, what would you like readers to remember when they finished Lady of the Plain? I included questions. And what I really would love to do, and I've, I've done a little bit of it already, but to be invited by book clubs, you know, here locally, I would actually take a trip to wherever the book club meets or libraries or whatever. But I could also do something through Zoom as well. But I think people, once they read the book, will have questions, especially I've noticed people are really interested in the era of the Shakespearean Queen Elizabeth time. And so I can share some of my historical research about the people, the way they dressed, what they ate, how they lived. And I think even though probably a lot of people do their own research, but it's fun to talk about that. Now I get to ask, will you please read a short excerpt from Lady of the Play for us? Yes. In fact, I picked one out. As I mentioned, Elizabeth Trendham, and her nickname was Eli, E-L-Y. And the reason why I picked that is because it shows up on a poem that I'm convinced she wrote to her husband after they were married, and it was signed E-L-Y. And that's how I came up with her nickname. I would think working in the court with Queen Elizabeth, she couldn't go by the same name, Elizabeth. So, But the section I've picked out is when she has being forced, she's now 17, and she's being forced to marry a man that she just doesn't like at all. And the only way she can get away from getting married to this man is to dress up in her brother's clothes, cut her hair, and run away. It was hours later when Eli felt the toe of a boot. Boy, get up if you expect to travel with me. 
Her sleeping mat crackled as Eli sat up with a start. She momentarily forgot where she was, but it came back to her when she looked into the smiling face of John Overall. How late is it? Eli rubbed her eyes. She had lain awake most of the night and only dropped off at the first glimmering light of daylight. Where is everyone? She asked, looking around the room. Her hand brushed against her breast. She turned away from John and quickly rebuttoned the doublet. An hour past sunrise, Lord Oxenford left at daylight, and the innkeeper is seeing to my horse. Eli nervously scrambled to her feet and then sat back down to put on her shoes. I will only be a minute. She folded her cloak to add to the bundle. You have a Bible, Eli began to panic. What excuse could she justify for having it? John picked up the book and turned it over in his hands. It's one of the polyglots. He looked into Eli's eyes. Did you know there are six volumes? Where are the other five? I don't know, sir. Eli looked at her feet, afraid to face him for fear he would see through her lie. I found, I mean, it was part of my inheritance from me pa. Tis unfortunate you do not have all of them. I have always wanted to own them myself. He handed it back to her. The woman left bread and milk for you on the table. I'll be outside. She let out a sigh of relief that John had not questioned her further. Her thoughts returned to the innkeeper's wife with mixed emotions. On one hand, she resented the woman for revealing her gender to their husband, but on the other, she knew the woman was probably a victim of her husband's tyranny. At least she was kind enough to leave a bit of breakfast for her. She donned her hat and picked up her bundle. She drank the milk, still warm from the cow. Putting the bread and one remaining apple in her pocket, she went outside to the gray morning. The rain had stopped, but the ground was soggy with clumps of mud the horse's hooves had kicked up. After she had visited the Jakes and cleaned her hands on the wet grass, she saw John standing near the innkeeper. She held back for a moment, fearful the hateful man was telling John she was a woman grown. As she drew near, her fears were allayed when she saw John get on his horse and motion toward her. Hand me your bundle, he said. She did as she was told with some trepidation. There is no room in my saddlebags. It will be safe here. He tucked it in front of the saddle. He bent down and held out his arm. They linked elbows and he hoisted her up. She found herself straddling the white horse and had to grab John's coat to keep from slipping off the other side. It wasn't as if she had never set a stride, but for the past five years, she had only been allowed to ride side saddle. She reminded herself she was a boy now, and she'd better start playing her part or her identity would surely be revealed for everyone. She looked down at the innkeeper's smug face and she wanted to kick him in his unshaven jowls. Yeah, I wanted to kick him too. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. So now I need to find out where can we learn more about you, about your other book, and where can we purchase Lady of the Play? Well, I would refer people to my website, dinalinstead.com. And in there, you'll see a link where you can purchase my book through either Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And also, I would invite people to really look through the website. I think you'd find it interesting. And you've got to sign up to learn more about forthcoming books, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, I would really enjoy people giving me their email addresses. And I hope to start a newsletter, too, for when I get my reader list finished and send that out. And also bookings. I've been doing presentations, PowerPoint show, talking about the Elizabethan era in my book as well. And I hope to be able to present some programs at libraries too. We've been talking with Dina Lindstedt, 
author of Lady of the Play. Dana, you've written a really interesting book that any lover of history will want to read. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, sharing Elizabeth's story. And when you publish your next book, will you please come back and chat with us again? Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much, Linda. I appreciate it. An engaging story that blends historical times with the current modern age. The history is extremely well-researched, and the author makes a convincing argument for her position on who wrote Shakespeare's plays. The reader need not be a Shakespearean scholar to enjoy this book. Well, if that review and this interview has you wanting more, go to dinalinstead.com and order your copy today. And when you finish reading, don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with their author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, the authorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.